Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. My old man wrote me a letter from prison once. that said, if you don't want to end up in here, stay away from GigPod, shoot predictions, and read so. Trouble is, that don't leave you much else to do, does it? Hi everyone, it's a new season, we've got new additions, but it's the same gig pod. We're still going to be doing as many of these in around half an hour as possible, because realistically that's about as much as you can actually handle listening to us for, and we wouldn't have it any other way. So this isn't a season preview, there's still a month to go with players to come in, players to go out, and we don't really know what position the team are in yet, as Ange said yesterday in his presser, pre-season is irrelevant as of tomorrow. So we're going to be doing a season opener preview instead, and doing it today will be myself, Stevie, and I'm joined by a great guy that I would never criticise, Spunkphone, who's just finished watching the F1 qualifying in beautiful Hungary. How did it go there, Spunkphone? Who won? Well, hello Stevie, it's a pleasure to be back in the pod previewing a, another glorious flag day, hopefully. Um, on the topic of the F1, it's a bit of a sore one, mate, to be honest. It didn't really go to plan for myself, uh, Max Verstappen, all the Red Bull boys. Um, bit of a disaster, to be honest with you. George Russell um, managed to get his, his maiden pole in F1 and nick in ahead of the Ferraris. So all is not lost. I've, I've had better Saturdays. It's a sunny day outside and you're having to sit in to record with me. I can understand that you must be feeling pretty low right now. We'll try and get through this one as quickly as possible, right? And you can go back to trying to salvage your weekend as much as possible. And the weekend is going to be a cracker because Celtic are involved and we're finally back in competitive football tomorrow against Aberdeen. 
and it is indeed flag day as we've talked about. Spunk phone, what's your feelings getting into the game? Do you reckon that we've prepared enough and benefited from not being involved in those stupid qualifiers against teams that are already halfway into the season? And furthermore, you don't need to watch near Beethoven playing at centre half in those games. Well, exactly, Stevie. Whether or not Celtic have benefited, I suppose we'll, we'll find out come four o'clock tomorrow. But um, I know for, for myself, certainly, and I'd imagine you as well, the mental benefits, I know, having to go through these stupid qualifiers in the middle of early July, middle of July, and weeks and weeks before we've even started the season properly has been been uh, tremendous, really. So I, 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 I've no doubt that the team will be prepared. As you say, they've taken on a number of friendly games that have been pretty competitive. Um, certainly the last couple that I actually managed to, to watch, the two at Celtic Park, were, were certainly competitive and a bit feisty as well. But yeah, I, I think there will be some benefit to, to not being in the middle of negotiating these qualifying rounds and um, as I say the, the, the benefits from my own mental well-being um, have, have, have really uh, really been top notch. I was speaking to Anne yesterday, Gigpod were at the pre-match press conference and the manager, I think his key message was that pre-season, just like I said in the intro, it's totally irrelevant come Sunday. He said the first few weeks of the season will shape how good pre-season actually was. He was also quite to point out that he doesn't want the squad being complacent or comfortable. You look at the midfield options last season, I mean, Ange was having to force players to pretty much play every week, three games a week at some points, when we're in Europe and the League Cup, and then in the league, trying to compete on all fronts when the squad was just so thin. And this season, it's not the case. Now, I don't really think we've replaced the likes of Tom Rogic yet. I think Matt O'Reilly can certainly fill those shoes. It's going to take a bit of time. I think we really are going to miss Rogic for his ability to do something out of nothing. I know that there's already been some grumblings about the players we've brought in. A lot of people are obviously ecstatic, including myself, at the fact that we've got CCV and Jota in. Um, I'm not going to be judging Adam Moy yet. I'm not going to be judging Alexandro Bernabe and just any other new players as well, like Maurice Jens. I just think anyone writing off these players after, what, 15 to 20 minutes of a pre-season friendly are off their head. I mean, I don't know how you feel about that spunk phone as well. I certainly wasn't bowled over with the likes of Aaron Moy or that, and I would certainly, you know, come on to what I think we can certainly still improve if we're going to be making signings later on in the season. But what's your thoughts on the players that we've got in so far and the business that we've done already in the transfer market? Well, I think that, um, as you say, Carter Vickers and, and Jota were obviously the two big ones. I don't think it was unrealistic, to be fair, to, to expect Celtic to hold on to both of them um, and get them both signed up permanently. But the longer it was going on, particularly that Jota one, there's always a little worry kind of in the back of your head. So I was I was relieved for, obviously, us to, to get those two over the over the line, and as I say, retaining the two of them was the, the real key for me. Obviously, there are, there is other areas we've had to improve in the squad. Seagrest, I think, adds depth. I don't think he'll be pushing Joe Hart, to, to be honest with you, but we'll wait and see. I've certainly been wrong when it's came to Celtic keepers in the past, i.e. not wanting us to sign Joe Hart last year. Sorry, everyone. Bernabe's obviously came in. I think he'll take a, a bit of time to settle in, and we'll come on to, obviously, teams ahead of of. of tomorrow um, in due course but I think Greg Taylor's still ahead of him in the peck nod at the moment but obviously we'll we'll see how that develops over the months he's, he's you know young but certainly highly rated. Adam Moy as you say it's not the most maybe glamorous signing but ultimately the manager's worked with him before um, I think Ange's earned more than enough goodwill um, and, and, and good faith for the supporters to, 
you know, for us to basically afford that a more opportunity. Another one who I think will take a bit of time to obviously get up to speed because he's not played an awful lot of football as of late. But we'll wait and see, obviously, how that how that develops over the over the next few weeks and, and months, I suppose. Um, he'll certainly want to get a number of games under his belt ahead of the, the World Cup for Australia, you'd imagine. And then we've obviously brought in Moritz Jens as well, who wasn't ruled out for tomorrow, but I think he's potentially a doubt. But again... It's another one of those you've just got to kind of wait and see. In terms of any further business, I think a lot of it's going to depend on outgoings. Obviously, you'd always like to see one or two more in the in the door. Um, as much as I think we've had a pretty good transfer window, perhaps we're a bit not greedy that way, but you're always, as I say, looking for one or two more signings. But I, I think it will depend on outgoings. I, I don't think that we're really going to be able to bring too many more in. We've still got the likes of Julian. Um, yeah, he's another one there as well on the books. So I think we'll maybe have to to shift a couple of players before we we look to bring any more uh, any more into the club. But certainly, as you say, we've not really replaced Rogic as of as of such. Um, certainly not numerically anyway, because we had obviously him and O'Reilly towards the end of last season. But we'll we'll wait and see. As I say, I think it's going to be dependent on outgoings though. Maybe see where we are in a few weeks um, after the transfer window is slammed shut, as the media like to say, before we can actually then say how we feel about the squad competing on various fronts this season. But anyway, we're focusing on the league. Uh, That is our bread and butter. The manager has already said that it's night and day for the squad depth that he's got to play with this season compared to what he had to face last season, getting into that Hearts game at Tynecastle, which yourself and Reeds are going about so often. And hopefully we're not going to be having a similar experience after that. I highly doubt it when you look at how settled the squad are. Uh, as a whole, and how the manager has got plenty of time to now work with them over the last few weeks in pre-season. So, going into the Aberdeen game tomorrow, and that's what we're going to be essentially covering here, Spunkphone, is the predicted lineup. Now, when I was speaking to Ange as well, it's quite interesting, he didn't say yesterday that he's got a first 11 in mind, uh, and he actually didn't just say it towards the Aberdeen game, he said most weeks he doesn't ever have a preferred first 11, he's got a pool of around 20 players that he has to basically select to do the job for him. Competing in various fronts this season, the manager has got a duty of care to obviously make sure every player is as fit as possible and we've got the best possible chance to get a result. And I reckon for tomorrow, the lineup's going to be Joe Hart and goal, JJ right back, CCV and Welsh in centre defence. I think Welsh is just going to get the nod ahead of Jens, who is fit and he's available. But I reckon because Welsh started against Norwich last week and Jens did pick up a knock, I think he'll just edge it ahead of him. I think we're going to see Greg Taylor starting at left back. In the midfield three, we're going to see Rio Hitate, Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly. In the front three will be Jota on the right, Maeda on the left and Kyogo up front. Do you disagree with that one or do you agree there? No, I I think you're actually um, spot on there. You know, I I think looking at that, as you say, um, Joe Hart, obviously the the obvious uh, number one pick and go. I think at the moment it's certainly Iranovic and, and Greg Taylor's um, they're in a position basically to to start as well. Carter Vickers obviously goes without saying and then I think it will be Stephen Welsh as well with Starfield back in training but ultimately um, missing out on, on this occasion. Midfield three, you know, they've, they've featured heavily throughout pre-season, looked really impressive as well so I think it will be McGregor, Hitati and O'Reilly and then, you know, Dyson seems to be the one who's preferred at the minute to obviously play on that left-hand side. That then means Jota's pushed over to the right, which ultimately means no no place for 
totally Labada in the starting eleven. But um, I think the three of them, Dyson, Kyogo, and, and Jota, have looked really good in, in pre-season as well, and I've, I've seen them in the uh, in spells together. So, um, yeah, I, I think that'll be the start 11 for tomorrow, Stevie, and, and tomorrow, Stan. I'm very happy with that. Well, I spoke to Callum McGregor yesterday in the pre-match press conference as well. He was saying that Ange has challenged him and the team to hit the ground running as of tomorrow. He says that the new players have been great. They've settled in well. They're good pros and, most importantly, good people. And then when I asked McGregor about the fact that we're going to see some really talented players not getting a start and they're going to be disappointed, and Cal McGregor said that's a good thing. He said the fact that the squad depth being night and day last season will only drive the players on throughout the season to challenge each other for a starting place every week. And despite that, atmosphere among the team is positive. And it got me thinking, guys like Abada and guys especially like David Turnbull, who's really been impressive in the last couple of games at Celtic Park against Blackburn and Norwich. You know, you'd like to think that Turnbull will have a part to play this season. The managers trust him a lot, and if you look at Turnbull last season, he pretty much started every game up until that injury he got in December. Who do you think the big one in midfield is going to be, though, Spunkphone, that's going to be dropping in and out? I mean, Callum McGregor is going to be pretty much a starter most games. But then when it comes to Rio Hitati, David Turnbull, uh, and Matt O'Reilly, who do you think is going to be getting the nod in most weeks? And who do you think is going to be sort of alternating in that third spot in midfield then? I, I think in terms of that three, they're all going to contribute. I mean, you, you see, again, the numbers they're both both putting up, O'Reilly and Hitati and, and then Turnbull as well in terms of goals and assists are, are second to none. I suppose the one I've, I've most been impressed with as of late, Hitati's looked really good in pre-season, albeit you can't read too much into these things, but it's a, it was obviously a big adjustment for him coming from the J League in January, and he'd played you know a number of games already before he'd, he'd come in, and then you could see towards the end of the season, basically he was absolutely knackered. So I'm not sure if he'll necessarily be a nailed on starter, whether or not he'll, he'll be able to kind of play three times a week essentially up until the the World Cup in November. I don't know. It's a tough one to to pick, as I say. All three of them have really impressed me. So. I guess we'll have to wait and see on, on my front, but I don't know if you've maybe got a, a better answer to that question. I think the manager, by default, is likely to go with Callum McGregor, Matt O'Reilly and Rio Hitati, just for the overall balance there. I think what you get with the three of them is a lot more energy than what you would get with, what you would get with David Tumble when you put him in that midfield, as you've got more of a goal threat. Tumble seems to, you know, he can hit them from outside the box. He can pop up with a goal inside the box, like we've already seen against Norwich. Came on as a sub, found a wee pocket of space, puts it in the corner at the exact place the keeper can never get it. He does that quite a lot with his goals, but then, you know, we saw set pieces he's a threat when he takes them for corners. Scored one against Blackburn, and he's got a deadly right peg on him. But I just think the manager really rates O'Reilly, and I actually did say on 67 Hail Hail to Hamish that O'Reilly is going to be my tip for the player of the season for us. I think he's going to take us to another level this season. I think he's going to take his game onto another level. I mean, we already see what he contributed last season. I think we have pre-season behind him. He's looked really impressive. The intricate through balls that he's been playing, the link-up he's been doing with the front three, and I just think he's so calm in the ball. And he really does remind me of Tom Rogic, but he just seems to have that more athleticism to his play. And I think the manager will ultimately go with Hitati, O'Reilly and McGregor as the default. But yeah, I think David Turnbull, although he's going to be missing out sort of now and then he's still going to be playing a big part for us throughout the season see if I could just move on now to any players you think is going to actually stand out tomorrow I picked out Jota I looked last season and he scored in every game against Aberdeen he scored that massively important goal for us and they win at Pataudry back in October 
a month later, he scored the opener, the 2-1 win at Celtic Park, and then he scored two really important goals again when we beat them 3-2 in February earlier this year. I think Jota's going to be scoring again tomorrow. You know how you get the players' spunk phone? that You saw it with Kyogo against Dundee anytime he seemed to play against them. He was always putting the ball in the back of the net, just seemed to relish it and love it with other players through the years that just seem to love playing against certain teams. We don't really talk about betting on here. I'm personally not much of a betting man, but I'm going to shove a fly fiver or a tenner on him for the first goal against Aberdeen tomorrow. So I'm going to pick Jota as my standout player ahead of that game. Who's yours going to be? I, I think Jota might be the, the new Rogic, I suppose, in, in that sense, in terms of just absolutely terrorising Aberdeen. We'll come on to them, obviously, in a moment. I think they'll, they'll obviously be nowhere near as bad as they were last season, this season. But I, I think Jota will be the standout tomorrow as well. So we're, we're very much in agreement on that and the starting elevens, mate. Well, you did say we're going to be coming on to Aberdeen. So let's get into that now then. Aberdeen finished 10th last season. We're both in agreement that they can't be that bad again. They've already played four competitive games this season. They've had four clean sheets. Albeit, it's been up against the might of Peterhead, Dumbarton, Stirling Albion and Rafe Rovers. That said, I don't think Aberdeen will be a rollover tomorrow. I think we'll win. don't know how comfortable we'll be. I fully expect us to get the three points. But I do think Jim Goodwin will set Aberdeen up just to have a go at us. And to be honest with you, tomorrow, I don't think it's going to be like a cagey or nervous game. I think it'll be quite open. I expect us to score first, but I really expect Aberdeen to come and have a go at us. But what do you think? Yeah, I think that might be the case. I think it might be a bit um, bit more open, obviously being the opening day of the season. Obviously, I expect us to have the majority of the, the possession. Um, and as a result, obviously, that means Aberdeen will end up sitting deeper and deeper and much... Uh, much more in their own half and, and without the ball than they'd probably like to be. But, you know, why not have a go at us, I suppose, would, would be would be my question. I, I, it's the opening day of the season. You're away at Celtic Park, away at the Champions. It's basically a free hit. But, yeah, as you say, I, I, I caught a little bit of them against, I think it was Wraith Rovers in the the Premier Sports Cup. I've seen a little bit of them. And as you say, obviously the opposition aren't great, but they, they can't get much worse, so... Um, yeah, I, th- I think they'll have a go tomorrow. Yeah, we lose Ferguson. I think he will be a miss now that he's moved to Serie A, considering his 6-8 and eight record where he goes to games. I don't know if Aberdeen have got a player in midfield that can really do the damage. When I look at their transfers and the players they actually brought in, I think they brought in a centre-forward, Bojan Mioski. Um, they've brought in Jaden Richardson as well. But the players that have done the business for them in their competitive games in the League Cup seems to be Ross McCrory, Matty Kennedy, and Christian Ramirez, and I imagine it'll be the three that'll be the ones to watch tomorrow. Um, I think a lot of their new players as well. They had a huge rebuild, considering last season they were such a mess. I don't think their new players are going to just hit the ground running. They'll be needing a bit of time as well to get up to speed. So I reckon it'll be the players that we already know of that'll be more than likely the ones that'll be the ones to watch, especially for set pieces. Guys like McCrory and guys like Ramirez could be a danger. Um, and when I look at Celtic, when you look at our defence, CCV, Welsh, Taylor, Juranovic. We're not a tall team. Uh, we're certainly not a tall defence. I think Aberdeen will be relying on set pieces for the most part to get a bit of joy against us. So we're going to have to be on our toes there. So I reckon it'll be McCrory and Ramirez. It'll be the players that we'll have to be looking out for. Yeah, as you say, it's obviously been a pretty uh, sizable rebuild for Aberdeen. Um, I was just double-checking there, actually. The team that had lined up against Wraith Rovers in the, the cup there and think from certainly as far as I can see, obviously this isn't the Aberdeen is Red podcast, but I think it's four 
possibly five were there last season or, or featured last season heavily. So it's certainly been a big turnover of players. And as you say, as much as they've obviously hit the ground running in that particular competition, the standard of opposition is nowhere near the level that they're going to face tomorrow and in the Premiership as well. So I think there'll definitely be a period of bedding in um, for, for them. I don't know, it's a strange one with Ramirez because there's a couple of Aberdeen fans who are speak to somewhat regularly and I, I think he might possibly be on the way out. He's had the number nine jersey taken off him, for, given to obviously that new sign in the centre forward they brought in Bojan uh, Miofsky. I've probably butchered the pronunciation of that there. And he did actually score, albeit from the penalty spot in the last game. So I think it might actually be him that's, that's preferred tomorrow um, as opposed to Ramirez. So I don't know too much about him, obviously. I don't know what sort of a, a physical threat he is. But as you touched on with Ramirez, obviously, he, he certainly was one. Other player to look out for them. Again, I'm probably going to butcher the pronunciation of this. But it's that Dutch boy. Um, is it Vicente Bussagen? Again, I know I've absolutely butchered that, by the way. Thankfully, I don't think any Aberdeen fans will be listening to this, so I can get away with that, I'd imagine. But he's looked pretty good as well when I've seen him. So I, I think if the two of them start, they'd be the two to, to look out for in the attacking areas. But I think it's virtually a new goalkeeper in back four for them as well. So um, hopefully we can we can put them to the test tomorrow under some, some early pressure. Yeah, so before I get a prediction for tomorrow, we'll talk about the fact that it is going to be flag day. Um, I'm not going to go through, you know, I've been on this planet a lot longer than yourself, Spunkphone, so I'm not going to go on about all the flag days I've witnessed over the years and talk about like five and six of them. I'm just going to talk about one and then you can talk about your one that just always uh, sticks in the mind and is very iconic to you when the words flag day is mentioned. For myself, it is back in 1998. I don't know if you were even born then, Spunkphone, but Celtic beat them firmly 5-0. This was a game where Joseph Venglos had to actually leave the country to get his work permit. He could not apply for it from inside the EU, so he had to return to Slovakia, for, I think, for this game. Now, this was also the, the game where Stand Up, if you hate Jock Brown, got a good airing. Um, I believe this was when Fergus McCann was booed by a section of the support because of the bonus disputes amongst the squad and we just won the league. Wim Janssen had left because of uh, an argument, shocker, with the Celtic board and Fergus McCann was part of that. You had so many unhappy players on that team. Again, they were revolting against McCann for the fact that they didn't get bonus payments and there was all sorts of disputes going on while you were across the city. Rangers had spent like 30 million. They were buying in guys that had played in the World Cup that summer, like Arthur Newman and Van Bronckhorst as well, amazingly enough. So, yeah, that was all going on and it was a really sunny day. Celtic opened to score and Craig Burley scored right in the stroke half time and then we scored four more in the second half. Burley would go on to complete a hat trick, but without even looking this one up and if you can answer this one in five seconds... Do you know who also scored in that game for us, Spunkphone? I'm not even going to attempt that, to be honest with you, mate. I, I, I have no clue. It was one <laughs> Malcolm, Malky McKay. Great guy, great guy. Um, wouldn't <laughs> need a bad word said about him, mate. It's really a, it's really a great, great person. In that game, a lot of Cel- a lot of Celtic fans right about my age will remember the name Craig Falkenbridge. Now, he scored the looping header the season before, which meant we then had to win the league at Celtic Park instead of winning it again against them fell in at East End Park and he came on in the 8th minute and Celtic Park just completely booed this 
completely irrelevant and obscure Englishman who happened to just score a goal out of nothing. Uh, and we still won the league anyway. But yeah, I th- think Celtic fans had so much PTSD hearing that name that in the eighth minute when he came on, he was booed mercilessly for every time he touched the ball um, in the first half, for what I remember. So I that was a capacity crowd then, uh, Celtic Park that day. Just under 60,000 saw us beat them fell in 5 now on that particular flag day. And it's just the one that always stands out for me um, as a wee guy. There's been many more since, of course, but that is just the one that is always ingrained into my mind. So without me talking about the past and the good old days, tell me, Spunkphone, what's been your iconic flag day memory? You know, there's been so many over, obviously, the the recent history at Celtic, but for for some reason, this was the first one that came to mind for me. And it was actually um, 2014 against Dundee United. Funnily enough, I don't think from memory it was actually the opening game of the season. I think we'd, we'd started away at St Johnston. Dirk Director dived for a penalty. I'm sure that was the opening game of the season, but it was obviously it was Ronnie's first season. Again, there'd been quite a, a turnover of players with obviously bad old Lenny leaving in the summer and Ronnie wanting to Ronnie wanted to bring in his own his own guys. So Denier got his, his first Celtic goal. Early, early doors in that game. We absolutely battered Dundee United that day, you know, and, and I think it was 3-0 at half time and I just remember the full stadium standing up and applauding the team all, off the park because they were absolutely outstanding in that first half. Commons and I think Johansson had got the other goals. Second half, lest we baguette, Stevie. Um Joanne J. Berger, who obviously came back to haunt us the, the, the following season. Um it was only only goals for Celtic, a, a fantastic brace against Dundee United. Um, Anthony Stokes scored as well, and then John Rankin scored a, a customary long ranger against Celtic, although this time it wasn't in Tartar Boric, and it finished 6-1, but th- that was the one that stood out to me. I'm not entirely sure why, but I just really enjoyed that day. Hopefully better weather tomorrow, because I remember it was absolutely pissing down, um, for, 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 for lack of a better term that day. Um, and I think, again, if I'm not mistaken, it was Fergus McCann who'd done the... Uh, the flag that day, I could be mistaken there, but yeah, that, that, that was the one that stood out to me. You brought up Baguette, and every time I hear that name mentioned, I just think to myself, lying bastard, because I think you know what he did back in 2017 when I had an interview lined up with him back in GigPod 1.0. For the audience who don't know this story, I will happily say it again, because I want everybody to know how much a lying bastard this guy is. I remember taking the half day from work and contacted Birgit. It was, no, sorry, it was his PA guy at Malmo I was contacting, actually, and he set up the interview, and I was in the conference call, and so was his PA guy for five minutes, and he said, Birgit will turn up in a couple, just stay on. Uh, I was waiting for about half an hour, and nothing happened. And then that was it. The conference went dead. I emailed basically saying to the guy, to try and mug me off? And the guy said, no, no, I just spoke to uh, Joanga and he said that he joined you, you had a good chat and everything went well. So I hope you've got everything you needed. And I went, (laughs) I was was actually waiting for the punchline because I had to tell him, no, he didn't turn up. Um, He completely mugged me off. That was the one and only chance. And I thought, okay, we can fuck yourselves to Perry's. So although Malmo did indeed do his turn last season, I can't look at them with rosy-eyed nostalgia for the suffering they put me through on that particular afternoon back in February 2017. But yes, Berget, as much as he obviously was a star that particular game at Ibrox as well last season, I've not got very good memories of him, especially for just being a Pinocchio bastard. But other than that, 
I've got no other beefs with any other ex-player spunk phone. Just him. It's a good shout for him, to be fair. I, I might have to get a, a PA myself, Stevie, the next time you'll want to get me on this particular podcast, just to, to mug you right off. Well, I can certainly predict that no PA will ever want to work for you, spunk phone. And when it comes to predictions, let's talk about tomorrow's. Now, I'm going to go with Celtic to win 3-1. What about yourself? We signed off in style last season against Motherwell, albeit they're absolutely rotten. But I think we'll want to obviously get this season off to a, to a strong start as well with a, another uh, strong performance at home on Flag Day as well. So I'm going to go with 3-0. Now, it's going to be Rizzo on Monday, I believe, for a review. I don't know if that's going to be with yourself, Spunkphone, or me, but for everybody listening here, Rizzo is going to be taking on far more in GigPod. He's pretty much going to be running things when it comes to anything that's done in midweek. So when it comes to weekend stuff, I'll still take charge. When it's anything like the Champions League or League Cup games and there's any podcasts in midweek, the majority of the time, it's likely going to be Rizzo. And believe it or not, he's actually going to be now doing the editing. He's, he's going to be doing the uploading. He'll be doing pretty much everything. So, Spunk Fun, I'm going to have to ask you here another prediction. How long do you think it's going to be before Rizzo runs up to me and begs me to save this podcast from going down the tubes? Monday evening. <laughs> Aye, I, when he put it past him, if fell. But yeah, listen, thanks for joining me. I know it's a few minutes past five now and you're wanting to go and watch a game of English Association football. I'll let you get to it. But again, cheers for joining me, Spunkphone. Much appreciated. And you're going to be with us all the way through this season along with myself and Rizzo and a couple of other faces. Um, there's going to be Becca, there's going to be Alex on as well and probably in a couple of weeks we'll get them on to talk about games when the season starts getting into full swing and the League Cup campaign kicks off and everything. So I hope you all enjoy that. Thanks for tuning in. You know what you find is everywhere you listen to your podcasts. I'll be doing a 6 to 7 Hail Hail with Hamish and Asim tomorrow after the game as well. That's going to be live. Tune into that on YouTube. I hope you all survive with Rizzo and his uh, below par production, shall we say. I'm sure no matter what, GigPod will get by somehow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Talk to you soon. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.